This is Sportscasters Anonymous, a weekly podcast about sports, all sports, MLB, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, collegiate football, and collegiate basketball. But there's more. We'll even talk about sports video games, sports movies. It's all here. You're listening to Sportscasters Anonymous on the Random Chatter Network, broadcasting to the globe from Jacksonville, Florida. This is Don and Chip. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us. My name is Don. He's Chip. Welcome to another episode of Sportscasters Anonymous. This is episode number two. We're happy to have you here tonight. This show is recorded on April the 26th, 2020. We got a lot of things to review with you guys. Chip, how's it going? It's going well. I hope everyone out there in uh, podcast land is doing well as 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 we are. So just some house cleaning th- or housekeeping things. First of all, you can either you can contact us at our email, chip at randomchatter.com or Don's email, don at randomchatter.com. You can also find us on Twitter at sportscastanon, that's A-N-O-N. You can also join us on Discord at our at Random Chatter. You can also support us on Patreon under uh, Random Chatter, or you can buy our merch, randomchatter.com slash store. Uh, so we're gonna... merch with our logo, buddy. Coming soon. I uh, hope so. Um, <laughs> go right... ahead. <laughs> right now we're going to go into uh, news and discussions, talk about the draft. That's probably the, the biggest thing that happened over the past week. The draft. major thing that, that took up two days or three days of my life. We just want to highlight, you can obviously read what the picks were and all that kind of stuff, but we wanted to highlight some of the, what we think is the biggest surprises, the biggest mistakes, some of the things that uh, really annoyed us, some of the things that, you know, took us by surprise or that we, you know, want to talk about. I think the the biggest surprise out of everybody, or at least it was by me, was C.D. Lamb falling down to number 17 for the, the Cowboys. By far the, unfortunately, it, it pains me to say this, but it was by far the best value pick. Uh, he was supposed to go like in the 12 or 11 range. Uh, and the fact that he dropped all the way down to 17 was was crazy. One of the biggest surprises or slash mistakes, in my opinion, was the Eagles selecting Jalen Hurt in the second round. I could go on a complete tangent with that. I think it was probably one of the, the dumbest moves. I you what, just really just to be time. fair, just to be fair, because I know it's been eating away at you. I'm going to give you two minutes, two minutes to go ahead and sound off on your team. Ready? Go. Well, I mean, I'm not going to sound off too much, but like I was explaining to you off air is I, I don't disagree with their first pick. I think that the fact that, like I said earlier, CD Lamb being within striking distance where we could have pulled a trade off with Atlanta and we didn't and we saved their second round pick because as Howie Roseman, who, who, if you don't know, is the the GM of the Eagles, said that we valued the second-round pick so much that they ended up selecting a quarterback when we just gave a quarterback uh, a new contract, four-year extension, made him the highest-paid quarterback in the league, and then you go ahead and draft a quarterback, and you weren't willing to trade that second-round pick to go up to get a bona fide possible Hall of Famer, projected Hall of Famer wide receiver is is very head scratching mind boggling i can tell you right after that that happened i was very very furious 
and angry. It took me almost an entire day of listening to Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio to get over it and accept the Jalen Rager pick, which I think Jalen Rager is going to be great. I just, I did not like the fact that we didn't get CeeDee Lamb and that he went to the Cowboys. I think that hurt more than the fact that we, you know, didn't get CeeDee Lamb. I think that the Jalen Hurts pick was a complete bonehead move to do. I don't believe that that is what you want to do with your second round pick. If they do it with like a Taysom Hill kind of role, you, you spend a later round pick on that. If they're doing it and trying to plan for the fact that Carson Wentz might get hurt, I, they're two different types of players. And Jalen Hurts is, I, you just don't spend a second round pick on that. It's, it's that bottom line. And to value that second round pick. <laughs> One last thing. One last thing, but uh, sure. then, then I'll, I'll stop. Go for it. You don't, you don't pick a quarterback in the second round when you have so many other needs we had needs at cornerback and safety and there were some good players that were on the field that are on the board that we could have used to help us out so that's my two minutes two minutes spiel i did like the rest of the draft they had though so i'm excited about that but yeah yeah it wasn't all bad i think they 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 made up for it in the later rounds but i the, the second round pick mixed with the first round and the whole scenario of what happened just that that made me very upset, as as did a lot of fans of Philly when we heard about the we let's, when we were watching what's going on. Let's talk about probably one of the biggest surprises. I watched first round live as it was happening, and I was commenting on our Twitter feed as the picks were coming in and reposting. There could be some trouble in Green Bay. They literally fell in love. Yep, yep. That was uh, I I almost almost proud about that. Yeah, Jordan Love. I I actually like the move. I think it was, you know, you got to look at it. Aaron Rodgers is 36. He's on the decline. Yeah, did they need a receiver? Yeah, they could have used a receiver. I think that the fact that they didn't pick up a receiver later in the draft is the bigger problem. There were some other receivers that they could have picked up. Like the receiver depth in this class, like we said since day one, was is amazing. I think there was like 15 receivers. Yeah, there was 15 receivers in the first two rounds, and I think 36 overall. I think I read that somewhere. It could be wrong on those numbers, but that's just insane that there was that many people, many wide receivers that were drafted. So the fact that they didn't pick up a wide receiver is the bigger issue. I don't disagree with them picking up Jordan Love. I think that at that at 26 when he was supposed to be in the teens. Uh, is high value for that pick and they can groom him and do the same thing that they did with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. They can now do with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers and hope that there's no drop. Because if you remember when they selected Aaron Rodgers and had him understudy, as soon as Brett Favre moved on, Aaron Rodgers came in and was stellar from day one. So it's it's a good formula. It's a good idea. And they, they kind of use that precedent to move at that. So I don't I, I, it's a huge surprise. Like I didn't expect it, but I'd also don't hate that move. I think that was that was a Green Bay type of move that they can groom their heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I know that everyone's like, oh, no, you have Aaron Rodgers. Like, why are you doing this? But you don't want to be like Aaron Rodgers is three years over, all right, now I got to pick up a rookie quarterback and you have two or three years to to mold him into what you want him to be. Now you can just, there's no drop off. Right. So the, um, some of the other big news coming out of the draft, big mistakes, big surprises or whatnot. We live here in Jacksonville, Florida. And of course this is SEC country, Southeastern conference football, 15 players in the top 32 in the first round were from SEC schools. They broke their own record, I think, twice that night. 
Yeah, no, uh, I did see that report, and maybe I was getting my numbers mixed up with the wide receivers and, and that one. Uh, there was a lot of numbers flying around this weekend. But, yeah, I did see that there was 15 SEC players, which is crazy. It was – well, uh, most of them, I think, were L, uh, were uh, LSU. Um, Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Like, it of was course. Like, they kept joking around. It was like, all right, another LSU player is off the board. And it was like every, every, there was like at least three or four of them in every round of the draft. It was, it was crazy how many, how many was there. My, my interesting thought would be how, like, is LSU that deep where next year there's going to be no drop off with that? And and I'll, I'll refer, I'll let, I'll let you take that question because uh, you're more of a college football fan than I am. But yeah. Uh, with with that much with that many players coming off of one team like is there going to be a drop off between how they did this year especially the fact that they lost Joe Burrow to to what they're going to do next year biggest biggest mistakes in the draft I kind of went through I looked at everybody's draft report card there's so much draft stuff out there it was like we said on the last show the build up to the draft let's get it over with now the draft is over and you have all the post-draft analysis. And let's face it, for, for a lot of it, it's speculation because a lot of drafts, you've had top players, first-rounders that are supposed to be like the savior for a franchise end up failing. Then you get guys in the later draft that you just roll the dice on and, and they and they turn out to be holy smoke. You know, I, I hate to use the same Tom Brady example that everybody uses, but Tom was a sixth-round pick number 199, was he not? Yeah, no, he and, was a, and very, he became the goat, well so to speak. So there, it's that's the exception, not the rule. But there's been so many stories of draft busts or not living up to the expectation. So leading into that question, we talked about a little big surprises, big surprises from draft night. Did you see any glaring big mistakes, or was it kind of like? I can see why they did that, but I'm not sure. Did did you really see any picks out there that were just like, what were you thinking? Unbiased opinion, like just like a glaring mistake where, where the whole NFL and fandom just went, that was stupid. Uh, outside of what I've already said with the Jalen Hurts pick, that was probably the only one that I was like, I think everyone was completely dumbfounded by. I would say the everyone kept crucifying the Atlanta Falcons for picking that the cornerback that they picked in the first round. I don't think that was. I mean, whether he should have went there or not, that's that's up to them. That's how they valued him. I don't think there was any huge, like, big mistake where I was like, that was terrible. Uh, I don't. I don't think there was anything like that. I will say that one of the big surprises for me was the fact that the Patriots did not draft a, cor- a quarterback throughout the entire draft, and that they're kind of just going to go into the year with what they have. It's a it's a very Bill Belichick type move, I guess you could say. But let's let's just say it's the Patriot way. It's the Patriot way. Yeah, they don't they don't spend a lot of money on or uh, big capital. They don't go looking through the draft necessarily for those franchise faces and whatnot. They build. They look at what they have. They assess and they go forward. On our on our random chatter channel. For this show, there were some people actually asking about that. Could you see them drafting a quarterback or maybe going after a Cam Newton or chasing down Jameis Winston? And I stood by the response that I put out there, and I was basically like, New England will not spend the money. They are going to build from within. Yeah, and I think that they've 
they've made the statement that, hey, we're content at quarterback the way we are. We're going to go into the year. We're going to see how it is. Uh, going off the Tom Brady thing, the reason that Tom Brady was so great, became so great, was he was in a great situation when he came in. And I think a lot of players get thrown out there too early or they get put into a situa- situation where they just don't fit. Like some of the first round cornerbacks that were taking probably very, are, are probably very talented, but they just got put in a really bad situation where it didn't work out for them. How many, right. how many quarter, how many quarterbacks has Cleveland gone through, whether they've been good or bad or, or other things that have happened, but they weren't like Cleveland is, was not a great place to play in five, five or six years ago. And they kept throwing quarterbacks in there and it just wasn't working because the team around them wasn't a great place to play. So a lot of a lot of ones people get picked at certain spots. It's who's the right fit, and I think this draft really accentuated that. Was a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of teams picked players that they thought would fit their scheme and fit their team, rather than this guy is the best player at right now that we that we think on our board that he's got the most talent. It's more of like right. this guy is the best player that's going to fit our team. And I so think do that you, was evident. So do, so do you think then, like, when we go back and there's been some blockbuster draft classes, overall great drafts, some draft years were like, well, you know, it was okay. We found a couple of guys, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of teams did go with the need over, hey, this guy is this guy's highly sought after. We signed him and then use it for, for trade bait. <laughs> In some cases, what's happened at a later date. So early on, looking at the draft and what the teams did, do you think most of the 32 teams addressed the need for their teams? I think most of them did address the need. I think when they, like, only let me clarify a little bit more of what I said. Like, when they drafted, they, they had their list of, like, hey, we need a wide receiver, a safety, a cornerback, defensive tackle. And they looked at that list, and they were like, okay, this, is, this guy may be a, a – round two grade but we really think he fits our system and he's a quarterback and he's a position need let's draft him there wasn't many of that like hey he's a round two grade but we have this round one center that's sitting here that we need or that we don't need but is a round one center like let's draft him uh, i looked at a lot of the post-draft analysis and the grades that they gave and there was nobody that got anything below a c and usually that's unheard of like most of the times there's at least a handful of teams that get like d minus d's or yeah yeah, d minus or or c minus or something like that but the lowest team was a c like i scrolled down to the bottom usually to see what teams get worse and i scrolled down i actually scrolled past the end of the article because the last team there had a c grade and they're like yeah they made a couple of bad picks but nothing like there was no like and i read through all of them and there was nobody that like they made like five or six bad picks it was like uh they made one or two so i think a lot there was a lot more teams that were even than there was like there was probably like one or two that were super stellar and then there was everybody else was kind of lumped in the middle so i think everybody picked the way they should have that's why there's not as many big mistakes or big surprises i think the ones that we 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 did highlight were some of the surprises or some or the few mistakes that we saw. The one thing that I think came out of this weekend that was a huge positive for the NFL as a whole is they want to do more of a virtual type setup for teams and, and, and not teams, virtual type setup for players that are in their home. This opened it up. They had 
the highest viewership of any NFL draft ever. There was 15.6 million people that viewed the draft alone, which say I was part of that number. Yeah, it shattered the record that they had. And minus the fact that Roger Goodell has zero charisma and is probably the most least entertaining person that I've ever watched. And he, I just wanted him just to make the pick and stop chatting with people on the TV because I was just torture. Just get on with it already. (laughs) Yeah, that that, I sat there and I was like, I was like, all right, stop talking. Like you, you, like he just, I don't know what it is. Like he just, he's not charismatic and he like talks almost like monotone and i just i don't know it, it, he just his, his the way he com- convert was conversing with them was just annoying me i used i just muted him and, and waited for them to go back with an analysis after after he was talking he would announce the pick that was the only thing i cared about at that point i think but i think it would i think it went really well i think some of the the coaches houses was awesome my favorite part honestly of the entire draft or at least the favorite part of the like them showing everyone house was when they showed Bill Belichick's house, and they showed the the GM of, yeah, they showed well they showed Belichick's house, and it was like, and they're like, where's Belichick? And he's not there. And all you see is the dog sitting in front of the computer after they made the pick. And I was like, the first thing I thought in my head was, so the dog made a better pick than the Eagles. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I didn't look online, a- but there, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of memes for it now. I saw like pictures of that getting retweeted relentlessly. I was like, I was sitting there. I was like, so the so Bel and it was like Belichick walked over to dog fed him a treat. And I was like, so so that's how that's the secret of the Patriots right there. They trade away, let the dog pick. <laughs> yeah, let the dog pick. Because when you looked at it, the dog was looking between the screen to screen as he was sitting there. I was like, I was like, stage that crazy. Like yeah, like you could like you could not have like set it up better. Like Belichick's off in the other room, and the dog's like. Like they're video chatting and, and he has it set up and the dog just like hits a button and it's like we're picking this player and it like it hits the button and 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 he picks Boy, it. Here's a treat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just gives him a treat. Like he hasn't trained where it's like you're gonna pick that player. It was I was like that was that was that was the most entertaining thing of the of the ty- entire draft that I saw. Where like there's a trade that goes through through video chat and the dog just like accepts. <laughs> like and. And Belichick just goes over and looks and like, okay, I'll deal with it later, kind of deal. So I thought that was that was pretty pretty hilarious. It was um, cool to there, see some of the houses, man, because you never. It's always about the players, but you never really get like that view or that insight into the coaches. Yeah, I think it was. I honestly like there was some, some nice there was, places they, out there. Yeah, they did a really good job with the whole virtual uh, setup. I. I thought it was pretty hilarious or not hilarious, but I thought it was pretty interesting. They, they sent all of the players 32 hats so that they could, that. when they, so they video chat, they picked a hat. I'm sitting there and I'm like, if that was me and I had 32 hats in front of me, I'm putting all the teams that I want to go to in front, like directly in front of me. And then it, the teams that I don't want to go to are like in the back. Like, yeah. so that like, so like I don't have to like look at them as like and or like as things are going I would probably like shuffle the hats around like uh, they probably got told like you can't shuffle hats once you put them down just leave the hats there so it doesn't confuse people but like, like I mean literally draft order for the hats yeah like I literally would be sitting there and staring at the, the hat for like the like the person that's picking to see if it was me I'd be like just staring at the hat like ready to pick it up kind of deal um if and you, then if you were projected if let me ask you if you were projected to be like a later first round pick and maybe hoping to move up 
are you that guy that while you're sitting there with the hats on the coffee table, you start grabbing an order? I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going there and just kind of like back throw it over the back of the couch and just wait for the next one. <laughs> I I wouldn't throw it over the couch, but I would definitely probably like move it off to the side a little bit of like, all right, not this one. Like, cause my fear would be, I would grab the wrong hat. Like that would be my biggest fear is like, like say the Baltimore. Team, 15 million people yeah. looking, you're scrambling to find the hat. <laughs> yeah, or, you're, or I'm scrambling to find the hat. Like, Baltimore Ravens pick me, and I pick up, like, the Atlanta Falcons hat by mistake, or, like, the Eagles hat by mistake, and I'm like, oh, this isn't it, and I have to put it down. Like, that would be, like, one of, that would be, like, uh, that would be one of the most embarrassing moments, and it'd be on national TV. So... Uh, I think well, it was, you sugarcoat it though. This is how you sugarcoat it with the press. Well, Chip, you know, we saw you pick up, uh, you know, the team hat, for, but not the team that you were assigned to. Like, man, I was just so overwhelmed with the excitement and the fact that I got drafted. Right? Is that you sugarcoat it? Right? Be like, oh, I was just yeah. overwhelmed with the excitement. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't be that smooth. I probably would have just been honest and been like, yeah, I grabbed the wrong hat. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would, I, I would BS like, my way through it. <laughs> If you uh, if you watch uh, there's there's a highlight video in the lot and they did it on first take after the first round. C. Lamb had to grab his phone from his girlfriend because his girlfriend was playing around with his phone. And as soon as he got picked, he had to grab it from her so he could pick up the, the phone call. But he did it like so nonchalantly. But they it was like directly you could see him like sitting there and he got picked and he just literally reached over, grabbed the phone out of her hand and just and like stuffed it in behind him waiting for the call. Because yeah. she was like playing around. Go back with and look at that. <laughs> yeah, you, like watch it. It's pretty funny. But so, so we're gonna move on off of the draft unless you have something else you want to say. Well, no, but um, to 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 tie in from the draft, we got some trades to talk about. Trades that happened during the draft. Yeah, there was some interesting trades. The the Marquise Goodwin went to the Eagles. They traded a couple of draft picks for them. Uh, again, their whole mantra was adding as much speed to the team as they can. So they, they're kind of going off the Kansas City mantra. We're just going to throw out a bunch of 4-4 guys and throw deep bombs or, or go over the middle to the tight end. So it's following the, the Chiefs of like, we're just going to get the fastest guys and we're going to have a track meet the entire game. So they traded traded for Marquise Goodwin. Matt Breda also got traded off of the San Francisco, uh, which was quite interesting because they had a huge, they had a crowded backfield as it was so he i think went to miami if i remember correctly which is quite in- which is quite interesting as well and then the the biggest elephant in the room in the redskins was trent williams is finally no longer a redskin if you haven't been following that story the way it kind of goes is he fell out of favor with the team and i can go into all backstory it's a lot of a lot of drama with that but he fell out of favor with the team really didn't want to play for them any any longer and uh, wanted them to trade him. He's a offensive tackle who's a future Hall of Famer, and uh, they traded to the 49ers. And in the related move to that, Staley, their left tackle, retired and had told them that he was going to retire. So it kind of like they replaced Staley with Trent Williams. And, and right now, San Francisco is looking to do a long-term extension with him, which is a huge upgrade. Or I wouldn't say a huge upgrade, but it, they don't they don't miss a step going from Staley to Trent Williams, which is which is good for them. So 49ers are not not missing much. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a good guy on his backside protecting them. Um, so, so those are the... But there are more... that San Francisco now is more of a beast than they already were. Yeah, I mean, Trent Williams is, is, is like I said, a, a huge Hall of Famer. He's been in the Pro Bowl many, many times. And I think uh, Washington ended up drafting a, a tackle throughout the draft, so that'll probably be their replacement, but... 
Dwayne Haskins is is going to have some running around to do playing against the the fronts of some of the NFL without a without a huge left tackle that they had in Trent Williams. Some of the some of the other stuff. I mean, those were the major trades. I don't think there was any. That was that was the big ones. Those. That was the big ones. Yeah. But I mean, the other big news, man, Gronk. Out of retirement in Tampa. Yeah, so that actually that's a trade. So New England and Tampa Bay made a trade because technically, even though you retire, you're still under contract with that team until your contract officially expires. That's kind of the big uh, Calvin Johnson, aka Megatron's sticking point was he had a huge deal with Detroit and then he wanted to come back from retirement, but he didn't want to play for Detroit and Detroit wasn't going to trade him. So he just stayed retired and was like, all right, I'm done then. Because he was thinking about coming back a few years ago, but he didn't want to play for Detroit. So he retired instead of playing for them. Um, this is kind of the same thing is, is Gronk was kind of looking to come back and he didn't want to come back and play for uh, a non-Tom Brady team. Tampa Bay kind of made a, he voiced his opinion, Gronk voiced his opinions with New England and Tampa Bay. And they kind of made a deal where they traded him away. I think it was for like a late round draft pick or, or something along those lines. Uh, and they had then to get went, something. They weren't just going to let him walk. No, you know, correct. New England had to get something out of the deal, no matter what it was. Yeah, they 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 couldn't release him because of salary cap stuff. A lot of more technical things that I am not well versed in, and, and really am not going to go too much into it because it's going to confuse a it's going to confuse me. So it's going to confuse a whole heck of a lot of people. But yeah, so, so you, uh, they they traded him you, to Tampa Bay, and he's going to be reunited with Brady. Where do you think that's uh, a lot of people are already already starting to bang the drum and wave the flag now that Gronk's there? Tampa Bay had a great draft, picked up a lot of key pieces that they need and whatnot. People are already starting to bang the drum that hey, they're Super Bowl bound, and I'm telling them pump the brakes. You have new yeah. players on a new team. You're not practicing yet. You don't know what your preseason's going to look like yet. I mean, Brady and Gronk have that chemistry, but they got 11 other guys around them. That is true. They still have some issues at running back. They still have issues at the offensive line. I don't think their defense is as stellar as it was in New England. They have a lot of good players at skill skill positions. Like their their wide receivers are great. Their tight end group is great. You know, I think that I'd like to wait and see how it fits together before I sit there and automatically say, oh, they're Super Bowl bound. It's not as easy as like, you can put on paper and go, okay, they had James Winston at quarterback, and that was their biggest reason why they didn't go to the Super Bowl. And now they replaced him with Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is a future Hall of Famer, sometimes referred to as the GOAT, which can be debated between who you talk to. But it's, so therefore, it plugging him in, and oh, they should just go to the Super Bowl. It, it, it doesn't work that way. I mean, look at, look at Jacksonville. They had Blake Bortles as their quarterback, and they went to the AFC, AFC Championship, and then he can't they replaced him with Nick Foles or, or, or they had basically the same team when he came back the next year. And they, I don't remember if they made the playoffs or not, but they didn't do as well. So it, you can, it's not as simple as just plugging in one player and saying, Oh, they're already there. You gotta, you, I, I'm going to be a wait and see kind of person. I want to see how they come out throughout the season. I think it'll at least take them two years to get familiar with each other to make a run at like an NFC championship. Uh, I think Bruce Arians is a great coach and that pains me because I don't like the guy at all, but I think he is a, he's a good coach and I think he will put together the team and be able to gel, gel the team. But I think it's going to at least take them with, with the fact that they don't have an off season or a training camp to mesh. I think it's going to take them at least, you know, four or five games before they all get on the same page and they're able to do anything. So I, 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 I give them at least till next year before I, 
hype up Super Bowl or bust for them. So I, you know, the the um people are pushing. Oh, you know, they're Super Bowl bound and whatnot. Like I said, can you see this team? I think they finished seven and nine, seven and nine last season. I didn't look up the stat. That shame on me. But do you see perhaps them making that playoff run? Maybe an early playoff exit. I think they. I think they would be well the, with the new playoff the way it's structured because again they they added an extra team to the the playoff standings. So I think with their with the new structure, I I, I believe that they can make it. They're in a tough division, so that that that's going to be probably the the biggest thing for them is is their their division and you know who they play within that division that's gonna that's gonna hurt them in the in the long run so whether they get in as a you know wild card team or they get in with their division uh, that's gonna be interesting because you also you have like you have the saints there too so it's not like this the saints didn't get worse if anything they got better they really the major player that they lost was Teddy Bridgewater, which, you know, wasn't that huge of a piece for them to lose. You know, they still have you know, one of the best wide receivers in the game and they still have one of uh, a Hall of Famer quarterback. Uh, I think that Carolina Panthers are going to be a lot better. I'm, I'm interested to see how they do under Matt Rule. Matt Rule is is a winner. He, wherever he goes, he wins and he they revamped that defense hard. But I think he's going to be a lot better than people give than people give him credit, especially in his first year. So they have a, they have a competitive de- uh, division. I think. Uh, I mean, and the only team I would say that they really don't have to compete too much with is the Atlanta Falcons. I think that they are not going to be that great this year, and that's just my personal opinion. But I think it's going to be between them and the Saints for the run of the division, and then they get in as a wild card. It's very possible. You know, speaking of the Saints and the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston to the Saints. Yeah, I heard that. I so Saints did a couple, or or in the process of doing a couple moves. So they just extended Taysom Hill. They gave him a, a two-year, $21 million contract. It's, a, it's again, it, contracts and all that kind of stuff is just really complicated with the NFL. So it's a $16 million contract that can be $21 million with incentives over two years. So they they, re-sign, they extended Taysom Hill, and, and now they're looking at possibly signing Jameis Winston as the backup. I think that's quite interesting for them. I think it's great for Jameis Winston because he gets to go to a quarterback type coach in Sean Payton and he gets to learn from Drew Brees and, and maybe maybe fix some of his mistakes and his inconsistencies as far as throwing because that's his biggest issue is that he throws so many interceptions or he makes so many mistakes with his throws that cause interceptions so if he can get that solved I think he can be a, a pretty decent starter in the league so I think that's a win for him and I think that's a win for the the Saints because they can develop him and again fix those issues, and he'll be a pretty good quarterback for them. And he's throwing to, you know, great receivers. He's he's going to have a good team around him if if he needs to go into play. And you're not expecting your starter starting quarterback to go down. So if he can go down, I think he could win a couple of games for him if if they need to. Cool. So I I, well, I think uh, it's a good move. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, there's a lot between now and when football season is supposed to kick off or even preseason. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see a lot more shuffling around and moving around and teams trying to navigate all this as we all are. You know, this is uncharted waters sports-wise. How do you handle the season and whatnot looking forward? Let's talk a little bit about the NBA. 
the talk of the town, obviously, uh, for a lot of basketball fans, has been the ESPN special, The Last Dance. I personally have not watched it. I have not watched it yet. I recognize that Michael Jordan is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, questionable basketball players of all time. Many people say he is the GOAT in basketball, but things change. I'm not going to say I haven't watched it because I'm not much of an MJ fan. I just really haven't made the time to sit down and watch it. What, uh, what have you heard about it? Yeah, so I saw the highlight story in the draft. I, I, I personally haven't watched a lot of it. I know they had episode three up tonight. Uh, they had the first two. It, 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 I believe it's like a, a six-part series or it's a six- or nine-part series. I forget what it, what they said. But I know episode one and two has already been out, and they, they're highlighting a lot of the players. Tonight's episode was highlighting Dennis Rodman. And they're highlighting stats and, and a lot of what they've gone through in that final season, which, they, which Phil Jackson quoted, quote unquote, labeled as the last dance. Uh, and it goes through their, their last hurrah together on the Chicago Bulls and everything that they had to go through. I, I, I put this in the notes because, again, it's a big thing that's on ESPN right now. And it's to kind of like go off their 30 for 30. I found interesting. There was one of my friends posted up on his Facebook uh, a stat where it had... And I guess it came from the last episode. It had Scottie Pippen and all of his stats, and then it had Michael Jordan. And when you compare the two, Scottie Pippen, his stats were per game better than Michael Jordan, except for points. So he had more assists, more rebounds. His shooting percentage was better. And it, it basically the tagline was like, they say Michael Jordan was the best player on the team. But if you look at the stats, Scottie Pippen had more stats than Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan just made all the made the points and, and the baskets, but Scottie Pippen was the one who assisted and, and did all the other little things. So who is the real best player of that team? Uh, and then they went into looking at win percentage, like Michael Jordan's win percentage without Scottie Pippen is is a lot worse than Scottie Pippen's without Michael Jordan. I so it was the question, it, the question should be asked then, you know, when you have all the these players in different sports or whatnot, they, they have the argument of who's the GOAT or your top 10 of all time and the reasons why. Do you think Jordan would have been what we know the Jordan mystique to be if Pippen wasn't there? Pippen was like the right-hand man in Chicago to Jordan. Yeah, so I don't think that, I don't think, honestly, I don't think Jordan wins as many championships as he does if he doesn't have Phil Jackson and the rest of that team. That team was just built to win. That team, every piece fit right at the right moment. And I think Jordan, I will still say that Jordan is the GOAT. I will I will go out and say that. He played in a lot different of an era back then than he did now. Now they don't play defense and the, the players are built differently, but I still think that Michael Jordan was the best player. You can say he was the best player of his era. You can say however you want to say it, but I think Michael Jordan is the best basketball player to ever play the game of basketball. And that is, that is my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that is my opinion. You, you, other people can do it. You watch some of the things that he could do with the basketball, and it was just crazy. Uh, some of the storylines that came out with some of the games that he played. I think one of the games he played with the flu. He had like 102 fever, and he went out and he scored like 40 points. Like you just don't do that if you're not super talented. So I think Michael Jordan, like his job on that on that team was to score. It wasn't to pass the ball. It wasn't to rebound. It was to score. Like that was his job. And everybody on that team knew their job. So that was why the Bulls were so successful in the 90s, was because everybody knew their job, and they they, they, they did it well, and they excelled at it. You knew that Jordan was going to score all the points. You knew that Pippen was going to be the, the, the supporting man, and you knew Rodman was going to rebound and be the, 
the baller down down low, and then you had the other guys, Steve Kerr and Luke Longley, all fitting into that. So, and it was a different game back then. They, they played a different style of play than they do today. Today is more of a shooting, more athletic. That was that was more grinding down game. Um, and I, I always watch. I love watching those type of things because it it brings you back to like a a, a different time and a different way of how the game played versus today. And, and seeing how the progression of the game went. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I might go ahead and watch the first two episodes, uh, and especially tonight's episode, and, and then I can report more on it next week. But that was... List. Okay. I am going to watch it. Yeah. Moving on. So big news. The NBA announced that they're going to be opening up the training facilities in May, where in, in whatever states they're able to. And if, if the state still is on a stay-at-home order, they still want them to open up their facilities, to, but organize it so that players are not gathering all at once. So maybe have them only come in for like an hour. Uh, and they're still trying to work out the logistics, but this is the first sign that we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So it, it'll be quite interesting to see how it all plays out. But this is this is giving us that, hey, we are still going to have basketball after this. And, you know, it, it almost it almost feels like we've been wanting it for so long and, and things are starting to get back to normal. And I know everyone's trying to say how we want to start opening up things in May and by the end of May and June that we get back to normal life, which will be nice. So nice, but I don't think we're going to get there. Not yet. You know, some yeah. some states are still worse off than others. So like you said, opening the facilities you know, we're able, where they're able to, some might push that back further. The problem becomes then like for professional teams, if you go, well, we're still under a lockdown or social distancing and whatnot, but these teams have secured facilities. So we're going to make exemptions for them. You know, it's, it, it could turn into a big mess because you still have hockey that wants to finish their season. You have baseball that wants to start their season and in some cases, like basketball and hockey, they share facilities. So how do you do it? Yeah, there's still a lot, of, lot of logistics stuff to go out there. They're gonna probably play a lot of the games in. They're not, they're not their home arena, but in in other arenas, uh, just because they need to get it in. I still think they're gonna finish out the season. I think they want to try to start doing it sooner rather than later. But they want to start getting teams in there and and getting them practicing so that when they do say, hey, we can go back and do it, or we can go back into the season and start, that they don't have to wait like two or three weeks for everyone to train. If they can get everybody in now, and then say like June, okay, we're gonna start up on June 10th. Everyone's like, all right, well then we need two weeks from June 10th. It's like, no, we can start at June 10th. So it's it just it's good to see that uh. You know, things are moving in the right direction. Uh, I mean, we're gonna. Can I ask you? Um, this this leads into the next topic that I have listed on there is how should the season finish out? I've heard a lot of things going around with the NBA. Some said let's see what the guidelines are that comes out, finish out the season, have the regular playoff format, finish later than they normally would, and then maybe start basketball season around December. That was one of the things that they discussed. Then it was maybe yeah, go to a shorter, shorter season or shorter to the end of the season so that we can get the playoffs in so that's not so delayed. Then that way, even though this season's been interrupted, we can start the next season on time. There's another scenario. And one one sportscaster that I was listening to on the way home on Sports Talk Radio today brought up an interesting point where a lot of the basketball players in the teams that they're saying is, well, once we finish out this season, we, you know, we, we, we got to have our time off. We need to have our time off 
and let the body heal and do X, Y, and Z, and then we can get ready for next season. And the, the sportscaster I was listening to was like, you've already had seven weeks off. We're asking you to play maybe for what? Six more weeks? Eight more weeks? Do you really need to have like three months off before you start your season? Can't you just take another month off and then boom into the next season? I mean, is that feasible? It, it is. I don't think they're going to, I don't think the players are going to go for that. I think the first option that you came up with is probably going to be the best option. I think you're just going to have a shortened season next year. I think that they should finish out the season the way it is with all the games left. Uh, I think it, it would be wrong for the players to say like, all right, we're going to go right into the playoffs. All the teams that are in the playoffs are like are, are one through eight right now are going to be in the playoffs while the rest aren't. I think you got to finish out the season. A lot of teams were either cut. Yeah, they were on the bubble that they might have made it in if we didn't have this break. I think that we just got to finish it the way it is and then start next season and say, hey, we have an abbreviated season so that teams and coaches can, you know, load manage their, and I say that in air quotes, load manage their players for the shortened season and then they can move on from there. But I, I think that's that's the the best for that but i I don't want to harp on that too much because that's just all speculation at this point we should just we'll see see how it goes we'll see whatever hand they dealt exactly major league baseball update Uh, we didn't have too much to talk about baseball the last time actually none i think uh today today the one topic that we really wanted to hit on the boston red sox finally get their punishment yeah i'm gonna let i'm gonna let you handle this one since you're the yankees fan (laughs) no sir (laughs) No, so, no, that's exactly why I should not handle this one. I, I, I mean, let's let's discuss it. There's there's rules, okay? There's rules. Rules were meant to be broken, and no matter how how you feel about the rules, I mean, Major League Baseball, one thing after another. It's almost like every season now, there's another scandal, there's another problem, there's something else coming out of the woodwork. Would you agree? I do. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you your two minutes. Two minutes to to go off on this. So go ahead. I mean, if you want me, to, how do I put this? I want to be unbiased, but being a Yankees fan, I'm laughing. Okay, but I'm not gonna sit there and say that the team that I root for is exempt because let's face it, the Yankees have been called for some stuff in their day as well. The whole thing is though, the sign stealing. It it, it leads to a bigger issue. In baseball, you got you got 162 of these things in a season. So everybody's looking for some sort of advantage. All right, I get that. And the sign stealing, the signs, the signs are out in the open. You see it from from the manager. You see it from the uh, first and third base coaches and whatnot. Okay, I get that. Does is recording it or transmitting signals or anything like that? Does it really give you that much of a leg up? I guess is the question. Does it really give you that much of a leg up in the game, Chip? Oh, I was letting you go. This is your two minutes to, to go about that. I, no, I, no, 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 man. I'm good. I'm go- I'm not. I mean, what it was was stupid, but it opens a door to a bigger issue with the sign ceiling. You, you're not supposed to have electronics on the field, any electronic devices like that for this reason. The fact that just in general, sign stealing, you know, I mean, come on. No, I... At what point? I know you want to win. Yeah. Okay, I get it. But come on. I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think, I, I mean, whether the sign stealing is wrong or uh, they got they got caught because they went to an extreme level with it. Everybody si- kind of in some way, shape or form, sign steals. Uh, I think you still need to be able to make contact with the ball, but it does give you an advantage. 
Uh, I don't want to necessarily talk about that because honestly, we could do an entire hour show just talking about time stealing and all that kind of stuff. I think the the punishment that they got, I think, was just a slap on the wrist. It was kind of like, hey, we're just going to do something because we need to do something. Uh, I don't think it really. It was well. They they did not. It was not as egregious, let's say, as the Astros by by any. Yeah, means. They, I think the, the, the right. I mean, they, the penalty that they got just to get everybody up to speed was uh, they lost a second round pick and then they suspended one of their managers, not managers, their um, uh, like intern managers, low level guy, uh, ball manager or something like that. Not one of their head managers. They suspended like their. They, they suspended a replay operator. Yeah, a replay operator, like not like a really. Yeah. high up on the food chain. They didn't bench the coach, so, uh, the manager. Excuse yeah, me. they just the su- suspended them. I think it was a slap on the wrist. I think it was like, hey, we just need to do something. So here, we're just going to do something. That's why I want you to take it being a Yankees fan and seeing it because I read some, I read the Boston Globe and then I read the New York Times and there was two different thought processes on it with it. And the New York Times was a lot more critical and the Red Sox and the Boston Globe was like, wow, they really went to town with us. Like, why did they do this? So it was definitely two different ways with it so it was it was two different ways to look at it and and like i said the, the yankees you know they have with with the story that their franchise has and as many championships as they've won i i'm not saying the yankees don't kick dirt you know let's face it for all the teams in major league baseball in some capacity or another somebody's been trying to steal a sign or pick up on a signal that you see the had the astros issues and the astros scheme not come out this probably just would have been overlooked in Major League Baseball would have just said, hey, knock it off. Yeah, I mean... It, but like you said, something had to be done because now it was out in the open. Yeah, it was just... It, it was out in the open. It, they were, it was a reactionary move. I think, I think the way that they... I was kind of interested to see this season how the Astros, how people would pitch to them. Uh, I love the one stat where it was like there was bets on what, like 164 or something like crazy like that hit by pit hit by pitches uh, throughout the entire season, which would have been interesting to bet like over or under on. So I was quite interested to see how people reacted to their whole sign stealing scandal, which I know a lot of, a lot of baseball players were not happy about it. I mean, everybody in some way, shape or find some way, shape, some way tries to get a leg up, but you just don't go to the extent of videotaping people's signs and then using a drum to relay it to people at the plate. I think that's a little extravagant. You don't, that's just, that is cheating. It was just awful. It was stupid. It was really stupid. Yeah. You know, had we, had we done, had we done this podcast last year, the year before going into this year, the entire organization, not just the team, the whole organization would have made your list. Yes, pretty much. (laughs) For that, that amount of stupid. So we're going to, but it it is what it is. But yeah, man, um, let's jump on some other things here. Uh, UFC is going to be returning May 9th, and it's going to be right here in our backyard. They're going to be shooting it uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, another sign that things are are, are moving on and we're uh, starting to open up things. Uh, it's quite interesting or quite uh, exciting to see that sports are actually coming back uh, as early, like I said, as May 9th, I think. I didn't read too much into the report, but I believe it's it, it's just going to be a few fights. There's not going to be many people in the stadium. Um, it's just going to be no fans in the yeah, arena. No, no yeah, fans. there's going to be no fans. It's going to be yeah. essential personnel only, which is still good. We're still still getting sports back in there, so look out for the USC in a in a 
in a week or a couple weeks. So the next thing that I found quite interesting, you know, we like to talk about all types of sports. The world, the world chess tournament is going to a complete online format. Uh, I did read that. That's pretty insane. Uh, so now everyone's going to be playing with in front of their computer and video streaming and, and they're going to do the whole where you would play the games on with like moving the rook or the king wherever it needs to go, which I thought was kind of funny but at the same time like that's actually pretty cool that they're still going to have their tournament but just do it in an online format hopefully no one hacks the computers or hacks it and ends up playing computer instead of playing an actual person but uh then then you'll probably have like you know like they did with the draft you'll probably have webcam views of the other player and his board vice versa or you know, yeah. something like that so that there's not cheating or anything going on like that. But, I mean, these guys, these these world chess players are really – they are something else. My grandfather, uh, God bless him, taught me to play chess when I was a young child. My grandfather was from Poland. Uh, and when I used to stay overnight visiting my grandparents on the weekend and whatnot, he, he taught me in an early age to play. And I'm not anywhere as like these grandmasters. But but it's really to, to see the way that they play and they think so many moves ahead. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, and I wonder how that will affect the game because a lot of times it's just you looking at your opponent face to face, like in, in a one on one poker tournament. So how does not being there with your opponent to read them per se, how does that affect the game? I'd be curious to see how that happens. Yeah, no, it, it's it's it will. I'm not a big like I'm a big chess player I like playing chess but I'm not the greatest at it uh I'm I'm pretty poor to be honest I am I I know how to beat you within the first 10 moves and then after that I lose all fo- I lose all like looking at the board and, and I usually end up losing if I can't beat you within the first 10 moves and I'm done after that you know I mean some of these guys are just insane with some of the stuff they do it's kind of like world series of poker like uh, you can't do a world series of poker online like that you have to be there reading the person like you said but moving on we want to get to everything so a couple of golf news uh Woods and Mickelson are looking for a fundraising tournament to play Brady and Manning. Uh, that's the kind of in the works. It's still in the early signs, but again, that that would be pretty interesting. Again, it probably would be no fans, but it would be it would be cool to see that. Tony Romo is also playing a 54-hole fundraising event with some him and some other celebrities this this week to raise money, which is which is another cool thing. But it, it's good to see that sports and 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 people are getting back out there. It, it, I, again, I think it's. We're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know if it's people are getting stir crazy sitting at home and then they just watch the draft and they just want to be interacting with people. But I know there's a lot more activity coming being around where I'm at. People are out and about a little bit more. So it, it's good to see things are getting back on track. Um, and then the last thing that we had on the list here was kind of more pop culture kind of related with sports uh jay cutler is is getting a divorce he was with his wife for about 10 years they have three three kids he was married to the reality tv star uh kristen cavallari i'll be honest i don't know who that is but supposedly she's a pretty well-known star it kind of sucks i don't know uh being together for 10 years and then having three kids and then all of a sudden you're just going to call it quits. And, uh, I, uh, it sucks. It's not a, not a good situation. I'm sure that they're, they came to it. It says they came to it mutually, um, which is, which is always good. You never want to see ugly divorces, but it's like, it's amicable, you know, it's their, their parting on their terms. There wasn't any scandal or anything that caused their whatnot, which is good yeah. that we know of anything like that, not to imply that there was, but sometimes there's an underlying element to the story you don't get, but nonetheless, it's sad to hear, especially, uh, 
to people that that have kids you know it, it'll be a tough time to to work with that yeah and, having divorced parents. and they had and they had it's a 10-year relationship um which which ironically uh it, i mean it's a long time so that sucks it sucks for, for the entire family and that they have to go through that but again like you said they went through it amicably and and they're they're hopefully still gonna be friends and you know i'm kind of looking at the positive in, in the world and i'm a happy-go-lucky kind of guy so for me it's like hey like you know still be friends and still be there um we didn't hear any like negative like something happened that caused it but it, it was just in the news it, it recently just came out today so figured we would talk about that in random topics and add that pop culture to it um so we're gonna move on that was that was everything we had today uh one thing i did want to mention though before we move on to the end of the show we're just going to touch on it really quickly because it did happen snoop dogg lost to hollywood brown today in madden uh, i know we talked a lot of it off off of it off air about it but if you want to watch it it was pretty entertaining uh snoop dogg was up by a little bit and then he lost um i'm going to probably talk and highlight a little bit about that in in the chips chumps so that was that happened that was another nfl story and and madden uh which you know if you haven't played madden it's a good game that was i watched i watched the finals and i think snoop dogg i think i think it was a more entertaining game than what was originally thought and they had announcers there that were doing play-by-play for it which which was 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 quite hilarious because they were watching it and doing play-by-play and then you had the announcers for the game in the background they didn't drown that out. <laughs> no, they didn't. They did not drown that out. Wow. So you like you you heard wow. the announcers on the on the on the TV of them playing, and then it was like the play by play analysis of it as well. So like the play by play analysis would would say something, and then the standard recording that the the TV or that the game had would then say something completely different afterwards. It was it was it, that was entertaining. Uh, Snoop Dogg's and Hollywood Brown's reactions to a lot of things that were happening. With, pretty entertaining so that's all the stuff that we had as far as news today um so we're gonna move on guess what guess what you know what it's time for it's time for chips chumps bad plays bad players awful calls poor sportsmanship the worst of the week with chips chumps all right so you guys heard it it is chips chumps so today I actually came up with more than five, but because I said I was only going to do five, I do have an honorable mention. We're going to start at number six, which is our honorable mention. And that is Snoop Dogg. As I mentioned earlier in the show, he had lost to Hollywood Brown for the NFL tournament, Madden 20 NFL tournament. He was up by two touchdowns and it was in the end of the second quarter. There was probably about 30 seconds left and it was fourth and six ish. And he decided to go for it instead of punting it away which was a dumb move. If you know anything about football, all you have to do is punt it away and just play defense. He was playing the Ravens, so he went forward on fourth and six. He didn't get it. The next play, literally the next play after the turnover on downs, Hollywood Brown is Lamar Jackson and runs a QB sneak, and Lamar Jackson runs it for a touchdown. So after that, it, you just watch Snoop Dogg, and he, he had no answer for Hollywood Brown. He ended up losing by, like, three touchdowns. I, I turned it off after he was down – after. He ran it in back a kickoff with like three minutes left. Snoop Dogg came within three. And then the other thing that was a part of it, Snoop Dogg came within three. And then he, instead of kicking it out of the end zone on the kickoff, he kicked it in play and Hollywood Brown ran it back for a touchdown. So he made it some 
bonehead plays that just cost him the game. So Snoop Dogg, you get the honorable mention. You are a moron. Moving on to number five, Tom Brady. This is hilarious. Not many people I don't think knew about this, but Tom Brady, when he went to his house in Tampa Bay, he was uh, looking, he was trying to go to one of the coaches' houses and he went into the wrong house and just walked in like he owned the place. The door was open. It walked in with his bag. I think he was trying to get the, the playbook or something. And he walked in and the and the guy who owns the house was sitting there at his kitchen counter as Tom Brady just walked into the house and stood in the doorway. And the, and the guy just stood up and looked at him, didn't know who he was. First of all, he didn't know who he was, thought it was just some random dude that just walked into his house. And Tom Brady's like, uh, I'm looking for so-and-so. And he's like, he's next door. And Tom Brady was like, oh, okay. Turned around, walked out. And as soon as the guy walked, as soon as Tom Brady walked out, the guy in the house realized who he was, tried to go grab his picture. Suppose the guy was sitting there eating his cereal in the morning. It was like early in the morning. And he just, Tom Brady just walked right into your house. And what do you do? So Tom Brady, you're a moron. Like check the address. It's not that hard to check the address and know which house you're going to. And it kind of part on the other guy. Like Tom Brady just walked into your house. Like, and you tell him and you just sit there and freeze. Like, I don't know. So Tom Brady, you are a moron. Moving on, number four, John Runyon. Not to be confused with the former player, New Jersey uh, politician, John Runyon, but drafty John Runyon. If you haven't heard this story, it's pretty hilarious. He was drafted by one of the teams in the draft, and the team went to go call him, and he was texting with his agent, and he hung up. He, like, denied the call. So they tried to call him, and he was sitting there on his phone, and, like, as any normal phone, and he's sitting there, and it came through, and he accidentally hit deny on the phone. So the team tried to call him, and he denied the phone on the—he denied the team from calling him when he was like a third round draft pick, which is pretty hilarious. Like you, like you just don't, you don't hear that. So uh, John Runyon, you are a moron. Moving on to number three, we have, and it, it pains me. I wanted to put them higher, but some people beat them out. Uh, I'm going to put in the Eagles. More importantly, our GM, Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman, you are a moron. Why in the world did you select Jalen Hurts in the second round pick and not trade up and get CeeDee Lamb? Now you have to see him twice a year. That is all I'm going to say on that. Howie Roseman, you are a moron. Moving on, uh, number two. I'm going to try to get this name right, but uh, Moise Keen, uh, he's an Everton soccer player. He, uh, like last week when I gave the chips chumps, put Dak Prescott up there. This guy actually threw a party, filmed it, and then posted it for everyone to see. During the entire pandemic, he had a party, and he, he lives in Italy. So he had a party in Italy, which is worse off than we are. And he had a party and, and, and yeah, he, he had a party and posted it for everybody to see. And it was not like a small little get together. Like it was an actual party party. So the, the team ended up finding him 160,000 pounds. And it, like, it just, it, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb. Like why, why I, it's a pandemic. Why would you throw a party? Like wait till everyone's done. Or, or if you're going to throw a party, like do what everyone else is doing. Do it virtually. You're making all this kind of money, and you decide to do something stupid like that. Moise Keen, you are a moron. And then the one that, that takes the cake for this week, one of the stories that I've, I have heard and, and I'm absolutely appalled about is uh, Tayshawn Hightower. Uh, if you haven't seen it, look it up. He basically is a two-lane guard that got charged with murder. He was, he was going to – he had put his name in for the draft. 
to get uh, in the NBA draft. He's a two-lane, he's a two-lane, what is it, point guard that had declared for the NBA draft on the 18th of April, and he was arrested today, or he had he had been suspect of arrest, but he got formally charged today for possession of a firearm, for committing a felony, battery, assault, and then felony murder. And not not a good thing for him. Not a good uh, like w- whatever he did. That's that's terrible. Like you had your whole life in front of you. You had so much going for you, and then you had to do something stupid like this. It, it's 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 absolutely not right uh there's no reason to do that he he uh, allegedly because we've got to wait for all the courts and everything like that but the story as it goes he allegedly killed a 24 year old uh, i just I, he, that's that's stupid like you can't do that so taishan hightower you are a moron for for doing that so that's the chip chumps for today i will post this on our twitter as well as our discord you can comment tell me i'm wrong tell me Someone else should have been on the list. I know there was a few candidates that I left off, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but this is this is Chips Chumps for this week. It's the final buzzer. The last moments of the show. Okay, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, folks, uh, as... As you were told, we are here at the final buzzer. So before Chip and I get into the movie of the week, we wanted to go ahead and uh, notate community feedback and maybe respond to a couple of things in there. The first week since we got the show out, Chip, I would say that there's been some chatter in our Discord channel. We've actually had some engagement with some of the community, and it looks like we're building a little bit of a fan base here. I'm hearing from the powers that be that so far, so good. After one episode, we haven't ticked anyone off, and people are still listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, things are <laughs> which is good news. Things are going well. So, uh, yeah, no, we only have one episode. So, hopefully, we get more. It keeps continuing to grow, and we keep going, going up. So, I'm excited. I um, I wanted to point out there uh, that one of the one of the members uh, on our Discord channel gave us some constructive feedback, which we greatly appreciate. And anybody that wants to do that, uh, this gentleman here did it respectfully and, and voiced his opinions in his comments, which I really appreciated. So th- this individual here is not too, too much in the sports. And they were, uh, this gentleman was listening to our previous show when we we're talking about the draft and whatnot. And I don't want to go over too much too much of the technicalities and whatnot. We have limited time, but I did want to touch on a couple of things for some of our listeners out there that maybe had a few questions. This goes back to the NFL draft. We're not going to review the whole NFL draft for you, and we're not going to beat it like a dead horse. Uh, But Chip, I wanted to get a quick take for you on this. One of the questions was like the intricacies between the different rounds. There's seven rounds in the draft. So really quick, the the intricacies from one to seven your first round is your your how should i put this your golden boys your top prospects the cream of the crop supposedly these are supposed to be the best 32 players usually it's one draft pick for each team but because some teams trade up trade down uh 
uh, traded previous year picks and whatnot. There may your team may not be in the first round, but collectively from one to seven, the first round, the first 32 are supposed to be the best players in the draft. Yeah. So the, usually the way it works, if you want to break it down that way, the first round is your guys that can start day one. First round of those guys that are going to be your starters day one that you're going to bring in, you're bringing them in to start from the second round and third round. Those are your guys that are potential starters that may need a, a little bit of time to develop, but usually they'll start within one to two years. Your fourth through seventh rounds, those are your flyers, as they call it. And that basically means that they may be special teamers that just go on there and, and just get a roster spot uh, in as, as depth, or they could be starters if they work hard and they're able to. Um, that's usually a general gross breakdown of the draft and how each round goes. But the first rounders, uh, when you draft a, someone in the first round, that is your starter. You're, you're bringing them in so that they can start from day one the next year. Not many first-round draft picks get to sit on the bench and don't start right away. Uh, usually those are more of your later round, later draft picks in round one. But for the most part, if you're drafted in the first round, you're, you're getting drafted to be a starter. I mean, that's the best way to put it. Uh, one more thing on the technical side, I guess we could say, as far as the draft is concerned now that it's over. Uh, and you and I sometimes get surprised by this. We are big into football, so we, we watch the draft like a hawk. Trading up, trading down, trading your picks. The question would be, what does it mean in the, the overarching scheme, arcing, excuse me, scheme of creating the perfect team? Chip, why don't you handle this one first? Why, if you are the GM or the coach and you're looking to build your team, why would you trade a pick or change your placement in the draft? Uh, so it depends whether you're going to trade up or trade down. If you're trying to trade up, usually there's a guy on the board that you really like and you think is going to help your team and you don't want another team to grab them. Uh, so you try to trade up to get in front of them so that you get the player and not the other team. If you're trying to trade down either the guys on the board, you don't don't strike you as ones that you want in your team at that at that pick, or you think that the guy's going to be there later and another team wants to jump up and gives you an offer that you can't refuse. Uh, trading down is a little bit more hairy, so to speak, than trading up. Trading up, you're like, oh, we want to get this guy, so we want to trade up to get him. Trading back is usually someone else, some another team did the same thing. We want this player. And our, your player is still going to be there when you trade back. So it's a lot of balances and, and checks and balances. There's a chart out there that lists all of the draft picks and a value for each draft pick, uh, like a value chart. Uh, a lot of people go by that. So if you're going to look at like what it takes to trade up to this position, there is that value chart out there. I, I forget the name of the value chart. Uh, it was by a sports analyzer who put it in there. Um, and it's like... You need you have 35 points for round one, pick seven, and it goes down to like you're at pick 21, and that's like uh, like 10 points. So you need to trade up. Uh, you need to trade other picks that are going to mass you up to that 35 points for that that pick that you have that the other team has that you want to get up there. And and it does a whole value chart with that, which kind of explains different values of different draft picks. Cool, man. Uh, well put. Very well put. And before we touch on the movie of the week, I just want to give a shout out to some of our initial conversationalists, conversationalists on uh, the channel. We've got Stu Mac 23 M Bear, 
me, of course, haha. Uh, Carrie was in there a little bit. Frank was in there. Qui-Gon Tim was in there. Erasure's in there. Uh, let's see, and David's in there as well. And of course, Chip, uh, when he can get in, Chip's got a very busy schedule. So more or less, you'll probably see me more than Chip. Uh, as we get to school taking a break for you, I think you're going to be jumping in there a little bit more as well. But we do want to thank everybody for helping us to build this base. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Uh, I will be in there more in the coming weeks than I was this past week. I had finals this past week, so I had seven tests in five days. So I was a little bit nuts. And and after that, I kind of went into a coma and really didn't do much and just kind of laid around and did nothing. So I will be on it more so in the future. But I did want to go into the movie of the week. Uh, The movie of this week is kind of going along with the draft theme is Draft Day. It is a 2014 movie that stars Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner, and Dennis Leary. It is a it is a pretty crazy and entertaining film. It's very fictional in the fact that it goes through the uh, Cleveland Browns GM is Kevin Costner, and he's on the day of, of draft, and he has to make a whole bunch of decisions about the draft and there's a whole bunch of other drama that goes into it. A lot of it's very unrealistic in the fact that some of the stuff that happens probably wouldn't necessarily happen in a normal draft, but it kind of brings you in kind of the back scenes of the draft of a normal draft where GMs are at with scouts trying to scout different players and who should we pick and who should we not pick? Oh, these teams are going to offer you this trade and this team's going to offer you that trade. And they kind of break down in a way that you can really understand it. I thought it was an entertaining movie. I know a lot of people that really didn't like it because of how it wasn't very realistic. And a lot of the things that happened in it were, were kind of, say, outrageous. Um, I thought it was, a, it was an entertaining movie. And it, it's a movie that kind of keeps your attention. It's not one that I'm going to, you know, rate a, a 9 or 10 or on a, on a 1 through 10 scale. I'll probably would rate it about like a 6 or a 7. Um, so it's a decent film. It's not bad. It's 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 good. Uh, one one interesting thing about it is the director is uh, Ivan Reitman, who also did Ghostbusters, which is a personal huge favorite. Absolute love that movie as a kid. Loved it my entire life. So yeah. So I kind of got a little bit of a bias because I think he does great work. But um, yeah, no, I thought it was a pretty pretty good movie. Awesome, man. So there we go. There's your movie of the week. If you still have some free time, if you haven't gotten back to work yet or just looking to kill some time, give it a try. You know, with that being said, Chip, I guess uh, as we say here on the show, that's a wrap, buddy. That is a wrap. Wrap for episode number two. Fantastic. Listen, we'd like to thank everybody uh, for helping to grow the community. We are trying to be a little more active on Twitter and, of course, active in the chat rooms. So, uh, Chip, unless you got anything else you want to drop in there. Nope. The only thing I would say is, like, uh, you know, give us your feedback. So we'll we'll mention you. We'll try to try to address anything that we we get that we can address. Um, if there's something that we didn't talk about that you want us to talk about, or some interesting stories that you think we should talk about in the next episode, put them on up. We'll uh, we'll give you our opinions. We'll we'll talk about them, and you know, we'll give you a shout out. We'll make it fun. Ready. With that being said, then uh, we thank you all for listening. Be safe out there, and we will talk to you all next week. We're out. You've been listening to Sportscasters Anonymous. Your opinion may differ, but that doesn't mean you're right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. We hope you were intrigued or at least entertained. You can find the podcast on all the major networks. Find us on Discord and Patreon at Random Chatter. Hook up on the website at randomchatter.com and browse through the merchandise at randomchatter.com slash store. We'll see you next time. This is Sportscasters Anonymous. Signing off.